1: Not that you think you can do everything, but have the confidence to go ask people for help when you can't do it. Right? So just don't hide under the covers. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech.
0: Today's We Are LA Tech episode shout out goes to Chris Miles. Chris Miles, thank you for being such a longtime member of the We Are LA Tech community and just championing everything that we do. Really appreciate you. Be sure to say hello to Chris on Twitter at Miles Next Door. That's M-I-L-E-S-N-E-X-T-D-O-O-R. Miles Next Door. Let Chris know you found him via We Are LA Tech. Join thousands of people in L.A. Tech on our We Are L.A. Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's com slash community. Stick around. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Hey, hey, today's personal spot is sharing a little bit of something that I'm doing a couple months from now. I am doing a podcast cohort. It will probably be the only one that I do. And it is 30 days of podcasting, 30 episodes in under 30 minutes a day for only 30 bucks to hold the spot pretty rad. We already have eight people from eight countries that are partaking in this. It's really exciting. I think it's going to be a great adventure. I can't wait to support everybody in their podcasting journey. This is specifically for people new to podcasting. However, I was really surprised that a lot of well-known podcasters wanted to join and be a part of it too so i feel like the pressure's on Esprit. but if you want to be in the cohort as well um shoot me a message on social media at esprit devora on all social or email me esprit at hey.com. but uh social is better and um yeah shoot me a dm on like twitter or instagram and i'll send you the details all right enjoy the next episode the We Are LA Tech podcast, spotlighting LA tech companies and talent. So excited for our next guest based here in West Los Angeles. Welcome, JJ. Hi. Hi. JJ, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what Good Pods is all about.
1: Perfect. I am JJ. I am a a recovering journalist, I guess, an ex-anchor who is the co-founder with my brother Ken of Good Pods, which is a podcast app that you use just like any other podcast app. You can search for podcasts and, and play them on Good Pods. But the magic of Good Pods is how we are really focused on both the listener and the creator. So on Good Pods, you can follow your friends and influencers and groups to see what they're listening to. And that both helps you discover new things and also helps these amazing creators who are just working so hard to get their voice out there find new listeners.
0: And when did you launch Good Pods?
1: Um, you know, it's so hard. I I was just about to say a year ago. And then I was like, No, was it five years ago? (laughs) Right? Because COVID has just made time bananas. Um, But we've been working on it for a few years now, or a couple of years now. But anyhow, it's out there. (laughs) We launched at some point while we were in quarantine.
0: Oh, it was during quar. So what it was launched, like even uh, as early as March
1: 2020 around there. We launched it in beta right in the middle of while we were quarantined. So yeah, that which was, as you can imagine, an interesting time and hard decisions during those days.
0: Totally. And what inspired you to create Good Pods?
1: There were a couple things. On the listener side, I'm a big podcast listener, but I always found myself going back to the same old podcast because I was simply overwhelmed by the choice. And I just felt like, why isn't there a place where I can see what my friends are listening to? Right. Like I'm always getting suggestions from them at dinner parties or or on text, whatever. But when it's time for me to hop in my car or go for a run, I can't remember what they told me. So why isn't there a place just like you can do with books, et cetera, where I can just see what my friends are listening to and press play. So that was the listener side, which was very simple. But on the creator side, so I I used to be an anchor um, with NBC News, and I had a podcast. And it did well, which, you know, I always laugh because I want to say that it's because my content was just amazing. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I would be naive to think that it wasn't also because I had this big company behind me. And so I always just felt like, here we go again, where it's going to be the same voices that get heard because they're the ones with the big marketing dollars. And there are all these other amazing voices out there. And what can we do to help these creators? And so that's why we had this idea of it's really word of mouth and word of mouth is free in this case. And so let's create something where when I listen to some under the radar podcast, I don't have to remember to go tell you, you'll see that I listen to it on my feed. And so what's neat about it and makes us so happy because this was part of our hypothesis when we launched it is that we see all of these under the radar podcasts going viral because one friend listens and then uh, someone else sees it on their feed and then they listen and someone sees it on their feed, et cetera, et cetera.
0: I'd love to hear uh, a little bit about the success stories both uh, podcasters have had in growing their show through g- being exposed on good pods, being discovered on good pods, and also from a listener discovering. I know the discovery process for me is sometimes daunting. Like I, I'm i like, I, it, it's like we have all these different, you know, TV and radio and podcast content channels, But sometimes it still feels like there's nothing to watch or listen to, which is
1: unbelievable. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? It's the tyranny of choice, right? There's just too much coming at you. And also what we found is algorithms are good, but nothing beats seeing somebody you respect or a friend or someone who you care about with, right? Nothing beats that recommendation from somebody. And so, I mean... I'll just give you, I'm like, I am the listener success story, <laughs> right? And so so, so my husband wakes up before I do and often listens to podcasts or something or he'll listen to one before bed. And so that's just one, like I'm always going on and seeing what he listened to and then listening to that after because it's all generally pretty interesting. But, but like my use case is really, like I'm about to go for a run and then I just go through my feed And what's neat is because I follow people with all kinds of interests is on there, like I'm looking at it right now. So there's one thing about politics. Somebody here has a true crime one. This next person has something about good eating for New Year's resolutions. You know, someone has like a quick science thing. I've got lots of Web3 stuff on here from friends, too, but. But, so it's like it's really quick for me to say, "What mood am I in?" and I know this is going to be a pretty good episode because I know that Scott listened to it. You know
0: you run this with with your co founder who is also your brother. How large is your team
1: um so we have a team which includes my brother. Well, here's the fun part. so my brother and I this is our second company together and and Ken was a very successful entrepreneur. Um, who sold his company, uh, his first company, but we also then recruited my sister. So there are a lot of Rambergs on this team and we work together. And then, you know, obviously we have like a whole tech team and marketing, et cetera, who are are non-Rambergs, but it's really fun for us that we get to, to all of us work together.
0: Can you talk a little bit about working with family? Because there's so much debate to work with family, to not work with family. It seems like your family really knows how to make it work in a cohesive way and you all get along. <laughs> how do how do you make it work when running a business with family?
1: We do. It's so funny. So I anchored the show on NBC News for all these years and we and it was about entrepreneurship and we talked a lot about working with family and how you need to make boundaries and everyone have to have the rules. And but really in my own case, we don't follow any of those rules. <laughs> and so <laughs> Right. And so I come from a family of family businesses. So my father worked with his father. My brother worked with my mother, his first company he founded with her. Um, And so I guess for us, it just it just feels natural for us all to work together. We have um, also we have kind of a little investment fund with my whole family that we all do together. So for us, I think we we do. We work well probably because we had good models growing up of people working together. I think when we f- first started, this is our second company, we first started our first company together. He was my older brother and he had already successfully built a company. So I think I had some, um, a lot of admiration for him for those two things and he really respected me because I came into this with an entirely different background. And so he knew that there were things that I brought to the table that he didn't have.
0: Mentorship is so key. If you don't have someone in your family that could mentor you and kind of give you a guiding path, do you have any suggestions of how we could create that support system of mentorship?
1: I do. So when I worked at NBC News, LinkedIn did something with with all of the anchors. And we all had to write an essay. And the one that I was assigned to write was was your mentor and what did you learn from them? And I literally like broke out into hives when I got this assignment because I, I thought I didn't have a mentor. And I always felt a little bit weird that I didn't have that person who sort of identified me in college and then mentored me through my through college and then through my career. And I just felt like, what in the world am I going to write for this thing? I'm going to sound awful. And so I spent all this time thinking about it and then realized I had so many mentors who just came in and out of my life at different times
0: I've done this myself, is I'll watch a business interview that's really inspiring. I don't know the person, but I'll take the leap and I'll send a cold email, share with them why I found the interview was inspiring. And I'll say, hey, is there any possibility I can meet with you one time for one hour or whatever it is? Like, I'll put a boundary around it. I- I'm really you know, hoping for a mentor. I understand your time's valuable. Here's what I can give you. I don't take it lightly. And if you wanna meet with me again after that, you could, could decide then. I would just really love to continue learning from you if you'd be open to it. And then, you know, allow space and you send out that many. It's how I found so many of my mentors. And it was all cold. I had no relationship with them. I just was inspired. Usually it was from watching a Mixergy video and then reaching out. is a business show.
1: <laughs> I think that's amazing. That you, that you do that. And don't put your ego in it, right? It's you understand I'm putting this out there and if people have time, they'll respond and if they don't, that's okay too. They don't know me, this isn't personal. But I've had people come up to me and do that. I, I, I can think of a bunch of people or for example, I had when I was a journalist, I had a friend of mine met a woman who was a, a college student at the manicure place, right, um, in uh, up north and in, near San Francisco, and and they just got talking, and the the college student said that she was interested in journalism, and my friend said, oh, let me introduce you to my friend JJ, and I said, sure, I'll talk to her, and we've now had this relationship for I think I don't know, it's like the past ten years or something, but it was so random but it's it's really fun it's been really fun for me to help her out in that way. I think hopefully she's gotten a lot out of it too. And now she's older and I'm learning so much from her too. And so I think you are right that you just go out on a limb and put yourself out there and and people are so excited to help, I think. If you if people are ta- have time and they're talking to passionate people, everyone wants to be wanted, you
0: know? Hundred percent. And again, like JJ said, if if someone doesn't have time, it's not personal. It's just just don't be afraid to reach out, even if you the response is silence or a form of rejection, which isn't probably really rejection. It's just someone sharing that they don't have time, which isn't truly rejection, you know. So, um, and JJ, like as you build your company, what's your vision for Good Pods? Where where do you see it going? What's your dream?
1: My dream is that this is the place that people go to discover podcasts, right? It is as simple as that, that this is, this is where you go to expand your world through listening to podcasts. And this is a place where creators feel like they have a home and that we really care about them. And we really care about getting their voice heard and we will do anything we can to help grow their audience or, you know, or grow it as big as they want it to be. My dream is that people really feel like there is a community that we have created of listeners and creators who are all learning from each other, supporting each other and finding great things to listen to.
0: And Good Pods is everywhere. What have you done to for marketing to get the word out like you have where people recognize the Good Pods name? And and it's not only that, it's also respected, which is really cool.
1: Oh thank you. Well, can I tell you what's bananas? We have spent basically 0 dollars on marketing because I think it's because we went out there with a very again sort of listener creator centric vision for launching this. And so we spent we 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 still do spend so much time listening to everyone who is a part of Good Pods. So when we launched this, even before we wrote the first piece of code, I spoke to, I'm not kidding, I wish I could show you my spreadsheet, 700 people. And these people ranged from you know, the head of Wondery, to Malcolm Gladwell, to a woman who has a small podcast about dogs that she does once a week, to people who listen to 100 podcasts a week, to someone who listens to one podcast a month. (laughs) And so we just put out our hypothesis out there of, hey, we think there's a problem for both listeners and creators. Are we right? Do you think this is a problem too? and then we launched good pods and then we just got feedback and so from all of the feedback we've gotten we've we've killed features and we've added features so we put in things like indie only top 100 lists because we learned from a lot of the creators out there hey it's really hard for me to get onto a top 10 list because i can't compete with smartlist and the daily and you know all all these shows But once you filter those out and you get to indie only, well, suddenly there I am. And so we've created things like that. We heard from listeners. I want to find out not just from my friends what they're listening to, but people who are interested in what I'm interested in. And so we've created groups. So, for example, there's a group with, I don't know, it's got a thousand people or something of people who are interested in astrology podcasts who are all sharing podcasts with each other. I didn't even know something like that existed. (laughs) It's, it's really, I mean, you know, what's so nuts too, is I was talking to somebody yesterday who is, um, on the app and he just, he told me he was really involved in this one group and I went on and the group, I forget how many people it had, but it was huge. And, you know, in the beginning days, you know, everything that happens, right? I know everything that happened on the app. I knew every major user. I knew every big group. I knew every podcast that got popular And now it's just so amazing to see that it's taken on a life of its own and people are creating their own communities on here and sharing with each other. And it's just it's so neat.
0: And how many podcasts do you have listed on Good Pods now or how many people do you have using Good Pods?
1: Every podcast that you can find on Apple Podcasts, you can find on Good Pods. So there, there's nothing exclusive about this. And we don't intend for there to ever be anything exclusive about this. So it's, um, yeah, as a player, you know, as a player itself, it's, it's equal to any other player out there. It's just, again, the magic of it comes in this ability to interact with each other and share and see what people are listening to.
0: It's so cool that you take this this focus on like shared interests. I mean, that's what we're, it's all about. Especially that we've discovered in these times of, of the pandemic is connecting with like minded people virtually. And so this whole groups thing you're doing, I I didn't even think like that there could be a group of people that listen to astrology podcasts. It makes me think like, okay, I want my group of people that listen to X Y Z. How many groups do you have on Good Pods now?
1: Well, you know what's incredible is we launched this not that long ago. I I was telling you, right, we launched it as a reaction to um, to the audience asking for it. And I don't know, we have almost 700 groups already. And we didn't even market it. We've barely spoken about it. And so, again, it's just, it's so, it's so amazing to just see these things pop up out of nowhere. I'm looking, there's audio drama podcast fans, collaborations, comic book-based shows, you know, I haven't looked at these in a little while. I haven't seen all these new ones. <laughs> You're, now, now I'm going to lose you to the computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Relationship cool. podcast, Web3 podcast. It's... It's so fun to see this. cool.
0: That's so cool. It's like, uh, back in the day with the we are the tech experience club, I had a a reading group. I mean, there's a ton of reading groups that still exist. And so that's just, um, that's, that's so cool. So talk to me about like, um, a question I like to ask everybody is a huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how you overcame it as, as you've gone through your career.
1: Well, I'll just tell you an early, an obstacle that we had here. I mean, I can tell you personal ones I've had too, but this one, when we launched Good Pods, we launched it in the middle of the quarantine. And that was a very hard decision to make, because we were going to launch this in, you know, March of, of 2020. And then COVID happened, and people were getting sick, and it was entirely scary. And if we can take ourselves back to those days when we couldn't even leave our homes. And we had, you know, so much excitement before this around good pods, and rah, rah, and emails that were going to go out with lots of exclamation points. And, you know, and then suddenly this thing happens to the entire world that turns all our lives upside down and it's scary Um, and people that we knew were losing their jobs and it just like there was no the, the place for exclamation points really disappeared and so and so we had to as a team right then get together and say should we be doing this like in light of everything that's happening in the world is this important is this where we want to be spending our time is it appropriate and so we had a lot of soul searching conversations with each other about why are we doing this? Does the world need this? Do we feel like we need it and should we do it? And it was, it was hard and it was emotional and it was thoughtful and it really crystallized for us our North Star, right? Why we're doing this and why we think it's important and why we think we should still launch it. And so it was, it was a hard time and a great time.
0: Well, I'm glad that it exists and the cheer that you bring to the podcasting industry. It's always fun to see your team hop in and they're always so friendly too. <laughs> like it's really it's really really nice. Something I I I love to find out is is there a piece of advice that you've gotten that's really stuck with you
1: that help has helped propel you forward? My mom was a stay-at-home mom didn't have a paying job. Maybe she, I think she was a math teacher for like six months, but had kids very young and did not have a paying job until I'm the fourth kid and not until I was in high school. But she was just an amazing person. And and she loved the book, The Little Engine That Could, right? I think I can, I think I can. And so from a young age, she always just instilled that in us I think I can. I think I can. And so I just thought that was helpful. And, and, and as I got older, I realized it's not that you think you can do everything, but have the confidence to go ask people for help when you can't do it. Right. So just don't hide under the covers. Like I always say, like, I think I can find the person who can give me the answer. Right. Who can then help me with whatever it is. Um, so I I don't know. I always felt that was was a really nice thing propelling me forward that I got from my mom. But I the other piece of advice I got was from my friend, Courtney, who uh, was the founder of this company, Smarty Pants, which was just an incredible company, an incredible story. And, and what she said is, go into something knowing that there are going to be great moments and there are going to be hard moments, whether that is starting your company going into a relationship, whatever it is. Because then when the hard moments happen, you're not blindsided. You're like, oh, right, of course this is hard because there's going to be hard times. Not everything's going to be perfect.
0: 100%. 100%. I, I'm i still thinking about how you run this company with your family. <laughs> That's so cool how you were able to figure
1: that out. It's crazy. Well, you know, what's so funny in the early days, um, we would be on calls and, and we have this, um, great woman who's head of product named Carissa. And sometimes it would be on a call with just, you know, my sister, my brother, me and Carissa. And there'd always be a point where we're like, Carissa, you can get off the phone if you want. Right. Because now we're going to start talking about some like boring family thing. <laughs> and so it, it works for me. It's really fun to get to work with my siblings because I really think that they're amazing.
0: You know, and especially as much time as we invest into being entrepreneurs and founders, like to be able to have that time with our family, um, because sometimes uh, in our culture, we end up sacrificing family in order to work. So to be able to merge them together, if you're able to do it successfully, it seems like such a gift. What is a, a productivity tool or app that you just like absolutely love? It could be a mobile app, a website, anything.
1: I am so old school. Literally, my best productivity tool is a to-do list that I write <laughs> with a pencil and a paper because I take great joy out of crossing things off.
0: <laughs> Amen. I like crossing things off too. I use the the green done emoji, and I feel like I just like warriored the day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> True but that, that. Literally, for me, it's like analog. That is my best productivity tool. And we have so many listeners around the world. What's
0: one thing that we can do to support you in and and accelerate you
1: forward in your success? Oh, thank you for asking that. I really, really appreciate that. And that's what I love so much about the world right now is everyone is so willing and happy to help each other and you know, right back at you if any I can help any of you. But um the 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 thing that you could do that would be I'd be so grateful for is is download Good Pods and just try it out. Use it as your podcast player. Invite a friend to come on and follow you and support each other in finding great things to listen to and support all of these creators who are putting so much time and their souls into creating this great content, many of whom are not getting paid for it.
0: Why build a company here in Los Angeles rather than in New York or, or San Francisco or Austin? There's so many choices these days.
1: I think LA is such a great place to build a company right now because there are all these amazing minds. I'm surrounded by so many interesting people in Los Angeles who are entrepreneurs and big thinkers, and then I get to go talk to them while going on a beautiful hike.
0: Now, so many people, especially in the pandemic, talked about leaving L.A. for Startup Life, specifically to Austin and to Miami and to Las Vegas. And here you are coming back to Los Angeles. Why do you think being in Los Angeles is a lot more advantageous than being in the other cities?
1: I love being in LA. So I just spent nearly 20 years in New York. And for me, it's advantageous. This is very personal, but because my family is here, especially since I work with my family, it's really nice to be near them. But I also particularly love being in this city that has so many different parts to it. And again, so many different kinds of thinkers that I have access to while living in a place where I also have access to so much beauty. What are one of your favorite hikes to go on in L.A.? This morning, I just went on Paseo Miramar with my friend Courtney, who is also an entrepreneur. Do you know where that is?
0: No, but I want to go on it because it, my, my MO is to like hike as much as possible 2022.
1: Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. It's right down by the beach off of Sunset. Ooh, nice. Say it again. Paseo Miramar? Yeah. Miramar, M I R A
0: What is a restaurant in
1: L.A. that you think we must check out? Oh my God, we've been out so little since we moved here in the middle of COVID, but from my youth that I have indoctrinated my children to are the French fries at the Brentwood Country Mart in the little chicken stand where you can get chicken baskets. They are truly, I promise you, I'm not steering you wrong, the best French fries in the world. Oh my God, I'm so headed there after this interview.
0: (laughs) I've never been and I am excited. (laughs) My French fry um, drop is... The proper hotel truffle fries are to die for. They're so amazing uh, in Santa Monica.
1: Oh, I was just there for something. Um, Okay, but I can't wait. You text me or email me what you feel about these fries after you try them. They're so good.
0: Who's a person or a company in LA Tech that you've come across re- lately who's really impressed you?
1: I was excited. When I first moved back here last year, I went for coffee with Anna Barber, who I think you know. She's amazing. She's a partner at M13, which... I I don't even know how they call it. They basically incubate companies. So it's sort of like a venture company, but they incubate them in there. But also, I think she ran Techstar. She's just been very involved in this tech world. But I met her a long time ago because she was a guest on my show on MSNBC when she had started a company. And so I came out here and did a whole piece on her. And it turns out we knew people in common. And so when I moved back out to LA, she was one of the first people I called to go have coffee with.
0: So if someone were to land in LAX today um, and, you know, they're coming to be a part of the LA Tech community, what would be a must activity you recommend that they check out? And I have one that comes to mind that I just did that was amazing. What comes to mind for you?
1: Oh, I'm excited to hear what yours is. But the first thing I would say is go subscribe for Dot to Dot LA, which will give you. An overview of the whole tech community in Los Angeles. I love getting their newsletter and seeing what's going on. And also they have events, et cetera. But I think that is the number one thing to do to start.
0: Dot LA is amazing. I went this week. I've been taking myself on dates with myself. And my date this week was to the Getty Center. Most spectacular sunset ever. It's free to go in and you just pay for parking. The artwork is incredible. Of course, it's just it's a it's it was an amazing life experience, and I'm I'm going back soon as as well because I didn't even finish looking at everything. But that sunset was spectacular. They have these grassy areas everywhere that you could sit down and read or have your lunch. It, it was amazing.
1: It's lovely. That's so funny. I was just there a couple of weeks ago. Also, I brought my kids. Yeah, it's a night. Nice, I mean, if you just need a place to think, it is a perfect place to go walk around or sit. But if we're talking about places in LA that you should go visit. So we've been doing this because my kids grew up in New York and now they live in LA and I grew up in LA. and So we're kind of experiencing Los Angeles like tourists, even though we live here. But the first place I took them was to the Watts Towers. Have you ever been there? Yes, yes. I took the We Are LA Tech Experience Club there. I just think they're so cool to see and so fun to see. And I think so many people who live here never go out there. And it's it's such, a it's just so neat. The story behind it, the sculpture itself, it's all awesome. I love New York. I lived in New York for a very long time and I was sad to leave it, but I love LA too. And what's what's so fun about living here and working here now is just seeing how different it is than my life in New York. You know, whereas in New York, I might go for drinks to meet a friend. Now I'll go for a hike to meet a friend, right? And And one of the things I love about living here too, is I, my kids have turned into surfers. And so we spend almost every weekend morning out either at Topanga or Zuma or in Manhattan beach, where I am not a good surfer, unfortunately. So where they go into the water and I get to, you know, whatever it is, do some exercise or think or watch them or talk with friends. And I just feel really lucky to get to work in a place where I can it doesn't take very far for me to get to someplace that's so beautiful.
0: Did they learn to surf recently just moving here? Or was that something they've known how to do for quite a while?
1: They knew a little bit how to surf before we got here. But my poor children were not um, that excited to move to Los Angeles. And then we moved them in the middle of a pandemic, which was not it was, we were planning on moving anyhow, but then it just so happened. So they moved to a new city with no friends and online school. And so we were like, we better get them to like this place. (laughs) And so that's when we really focused on things that you can do in LA, but not New York. So surfing was one of them.
0: Like, how do you go out and surf and not, you know, not have the the surfer pro locals say, get out of my waters, you know? Where do you go and how do you even know how to surf here in LA? Do you just find a random surf, surf teacher?
1: No, we, we had a friend who um, had a surf teacher. And so uh, he taught them how to surf. In Zuma, there's so much space. I don't think you're getting in any kind of local's way. I think when you get to some more... Um, sought after specific surf spots, then you have to really play into the hierarchy. I've read about it. My kids have told me about it. I am not the one out there getting in people's ways because I can barely surf.
0: And what is a book that you recommend we read? It could be personal or professional.
1: Uh, I love Crossing to Safety. Have you ever read that book? No. What's that about? Uh, I'm not even going to give it away. It's fiction. It's just such a beautiful book. Really? So because I need, I need
0: my next fiction book. I've been forcing myself to read fiction.
1: Go read Crossing to Safety. It's beautiful. And the podcast I've been really obsessed with recently. I have been diving into the world of Web3. And I think there are a lot of people out there who do not understand Web3, which I get because I had to learn a whole new language for it. And I think the Forefront podcast, if you just Get yourself through the beginning where you're going to be listening and you don't really understand all the terminology, but listen to a few of them. And I think they are really good at explaining it in a way that makes sense to people who are, you know, have not, uh, who are not totally well-versed in this world yet. JJ, where can people connect with you? On Instagram, it's JJ.Ramberg or Twitter, it's at JJRamberg. Uh, Or frankly, email me, right? It's jj.ramberg at goodpods.com. Thank you
0: so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast. Remember to connect and collaborate with other amazing people in Los Angeles tech. Go to our community, com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I'll see you guys, talk to you guys, all the things in the next episode. Bye.
1: Bye, everyone. Hi, I'm JJ Ramberg. I'm the co-founder of Good Pods, the podcast player where you can follow friends, influencers, and groups to see what they're listening to. I'm based in West LA, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech.